Hello and welcome to the Hope and Anchor Community Church podcast. Each week we'll bring you the latest preachings from our Sunday services. We hope that as you listen, you encounter God and you're encouraged to go deeper in your relationship with Him. Enjoy the message. How are you guys? I'm so glad to be here with you guys, you know what I mean? I mean, none of us actually did anything yesterday to be alive. Have you realized that? None of us. I mean, who actually did something yesterday to kind of like, you know, if I do this tomorrow, I'm alive. And I'll, and I'll do one or, or two of those things just to make sure. None of us. How many people might have gone to bed and never woken up? And you don't have to think about, you know, Eastern Europe right now. You can think about people that didn't take the insulin or had a bad pizza or if we're going to be honest, it was their day. That's the reality of life. So as we are coming into this, where are we gathering and where is our barn? A little bit later, in that same chapter, in verse 34, it says, we're talking about 12, 1234 in Matthew, Luke, sorry. It says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Foot for thought. Today we're going to talk about hearts that float. And I want to talk about a little bit about last week, because we talked about how to be weeds and not weeds. And maybe there's some areas in our lives and there's some tendencies in our lives that have become weed into someone else's life. Maybe that's if you're talking about friends and family members in the Lord, if we're going to say like that. Maybe when you are talking with friends from church and your connect groups and maybe from your communities, you're actually with the temptation of complaining and being something else. Martin, love you, bro. Nice to see you. Maybe you are, maybe the, that person that says, hey, I've been complaining too much this week. Maybe I should learn to shut up. You know when you feel entitled to your own thoughts and you don't think about someone else? Maybe if the miracle of Jesus this week has to be, I got to shut up, just help me, Lord. Maybe that's a great miracle. See, we don't have to walk on waters for this sake. See, we don't have to see fish and bread multiplied. What we have to see is that our tendencies to be a fallacy or to be a brokenness or to be that weak link for my brother and my sister to be defeated. Maybe that's our week. But there's a promise today in the house. And God said, I have hearts in that house that floats. And I know it's a weird topic, but bear with me. When we're talking about Luke, we're talking about Jesus being in the same place that he was last week, but in another book. So these are different perspectives, right? It's like last week. Two of you would describe last week very differently, right? And we had really, we had fun last week. But in the same moment, in the same place, through the same circumstances, God did something different. Each one of us, all of us had a different experience. 
all of us received from Jesus what we needed. If we were open and we were honest and we were not judgmental, we received from Jesus what we needed. So we find Jesus in another book in the same circumstances of last week. He's actually talking about the parables and some books will actually underline some of them and other books the others. But it's the same Jesus, the same kingdom, the same miracles, the same context, but seen from different perspectives. And Jesus in this one is approached by someone that wants to win the most out of life. And Jesus is saying, hey, I see that you want to win the most, but you're winning in the wrong direction. And he challenges it. The person comes to Jesus and says, I want to win. Can you, I mean, come on and just help me. You are a righteous God. You're, you're a righteous teacher. You are so wonderful. Can you come and just be on my side? And Jesus said, who made me? Who made me the arbitrary line of your fight? But I see that you have a tendency. And he speaks to the heart of the person. And he uses the situation to speak to us today and to the person that day. Because I believe the principle is completely valid still today. Jesus is saying, we might be thinking that if we gather for self, we might have plenty to go marry. But maybe we have been becoming rich in our flesh. In the things that we like, in the things that we appreciate, in the things that people have a big, big reputation for. But maybe you're rich in that, but poor with God. And the first thing, the first piece of gold that we have for today is that for our hearts to be afloat in the season, in the waves, in the situations that we have today, is that God says, hey, if you want to be afloat, don't gather for self, gather for God. Because the enemy can take your body. He can take your health. And you don't, take, you don't need even the devil to do that. I mean, there's plenty of other things that can do that. But maybe if you take for God, if you gather for God, you don't have to be also worried about those things. Of course, it will be difficult. And Jesus doesn't take it lightly. But he says, be wise. He doesn't say, ignore it. It's not happening. You're foolish. Mm, that's all in your head. No, no, no. He says, be wise. Because you could be rich in what is passing by. But very, very poor with what is eternal. And in the culture that we're in today, we have to start sowing into, gathering into what is eternal. Not the things that we like only, but what is good, what is perfect, what is in the will of God. So we have these two pieces of text that we read, and for us, our pivotal one, it will be the 34th. It says, where your treasure is, your heart will also be. But the context of that text is Jesus talking to his disciples from a perspective of that disciples were afraid. And I see a lot of fear in our streets. 
I see a lot of fear in our relationships. We are afraid for the fuel. We all have gone at least once to the supermarket and found different prices this week. We all have seen what is going on. But do, do not be afraid. And in that context, Jesus says, take treasure. What is that that you treasure? And that brings us to today. For the text, be in Matthew 14. And it starts in verse 25. And it says, shortly. Shortly. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. Again, don't be afraid. It is a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus said to them, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Come. Come. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the winds, he was afraid. He was afraid. And beginning to sink, cried out. Beginning. 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 Say some, someone say beginning. 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 Don't at the end. Beginning. Okay, beginning. I think it was clear. He cried out, Lord, save me. And as we, as we see this, and the context of this is the, Jesus being near to the people and having a group of people that are near to him because it's different. Jesus can be near to all, but it doesn't mean that all are near to Jesus. You see, all of us have heard the gospel. The streets are, you know, piling up with testimonies. But sometimes we don't have the eyes to see. We don't have the sensations, the smell to see there's something about to happen. I have to have this conversation. And we walk out of life and days. And we say, God, I didn't see you. But maybe we're not looking at the signs, the things that are in front of us. The presence of God opening doors and conversations saying, I am with you. You are that water. You are that multiplication. You are the benediction. You are the blessing. You are... And maybe we don't understand the Jesus that lives in us. And that's okay. But Jesus is not okay with that. See, he doesn't condemn us. But he makes it his problem to be understood. That's the beauty of Jesus. It's not a distant God that says, oh, you didn't get me, so whatever. I'm going to Tahiti. No. He comes into the situation and says, no, no, no. Let me explain you better. Let me just get in there, mate. If you will allow me to get nearer, I can explain to you. I can show who I am. Let me get nearer. Let me get more intimate. Can you allow me in? He's a gentleman. And as a church, as people today, there's so much fear that we might want to save ourselves a portion to be merry in the world that is going on. But God is saying, if you save for self, you're not saving for me. Because my kingdom is about the poor. It's about the people that are not here. The ones that are destituted. The ones that don't have enough. That's my kingdom. 
And he's as Christians, we are not seeing that Jesus in our decisions. If we're not seeing the law of heaven written through our actions in our streets, we are nothing. We're just but a symbol, the Bible would say. And see, in a moment in history like this, we have no time to play. We have no time to be discouraged. Encourage yourself, David would say. Oh, but Lord, the prices of the bread are going up. David encouraged himself while his wife and kids were kidnapped and raped. I think you had a better week than David. So the gospel allows us to have situations but doesn't provide excuses. See, for us, it's not to be not weak. But in our weakness, he will walk with us. And this is the Jesus that is here, talking with the multitudes, in the public, and in the intimate. In the setting that knows him as the people or the person from Galilee. As the carpenter's son. But also, he's with the ones that know him as the rabbi, the disciple, the, the, the person, the person of God. That has come along. And he's just. He just. Has multiplied like. A couple of loaves and two fish. And fed at least 15,000. The Bible very generously says 5,000. 5,000 men. But those men were with their wives. And at least one kid. And there was no TV. So let's just be generous with that. <laughs> so Jesus, in that context, he's not perfect like you, like he's not feeling all plush, let's say like that. He's perfect indeed. But he's, he's down. You know why? You want to know in the context that this is happening? Jesus lost his cousin just a couple days before. His cousin was a prophet, John the Baptist. And he was beheaded because he had said the truth to the person in a ruling power. Imagine that today. You will get canceled. No Facebook for you. Nowadays, they don't cut your head. They cut your Facebook. And some of us might think it's our head. You know, it is what it is. But Jesus is coming from losing family members. And seeing the kingdom of God costing lives, really. Not only the price of bread, but costing life. He wanted to go away. He sent his disciples off. And when he was getting so near to being clear, and I believe in the world we are so near for things to get very clear. And I'm not saying easy. I'm saying clear. Clear in the sense of we'll see where's our enemy and we'll see what we have to fight with every day. And our choices are not going to allow us to have a lot of excuses. Let's say like that. That's clear. That's dawn for me. And I think this is my, might be the word of the Lord today. You take it. That might be my interpretation. Have a good time with your week. But Jesus, he went out. When he was so close to be clear, he went out because he doesn't wait for us to get it before he makes it his problem to show himself to us. And that's the Jesus that we have. That's the Jesus that we share in our sidewalks with our friends, with the people that we know don't even understand that they have a God that is for them and not against them. 
And he's there saying, hey, I want to introduce grace to the world. And in the midst of this, in the midst of his grief, in the midst of the season that we are in, that we don't understand why, and we are grieving for some things or others, Jesus stands with us. First, he introduces grace. Say, I stand with you. I might put you in the boat. You might not understand the storm, and you might not understand the winds, but don't worry. I'm walking on the waters. I'll meet you there. When it gets really rough, I'll meet you. They said, actually, they have seen a ghost. They were terrified. And they were terrified for a ghost. A ghost is something that was living. So they were terrified about the past. They had left Jesus on their past. They had not understood that Jesus, if he could multiply bread and fish, he could do a lot more than that. And he was walking on the waters. And it's for us, it's easy. Don't take it so hard. Don't be so strong with the disciples. Because if you see anyone walking on waters today, you will freak out. I mean, come on. If you don't freak out, I'm going to be praying for you. <laughs> it's like, that person doesn't know. But Jesus comes outside of the ordinary and puts our hearts that are terrified to peace. In the midst of what we're living, God is wanting to introduce today a heart of peace to us. And those are the hearts that will float in the midst of this. And Peter, heart, he had a heart of, of faith and peace and hope that could float. But he came to be challenged with situations that were around him. And although they were terrified, Jesus spoke to them when they cried out, out in fear. In the same moment, it might be that they were going through so much. Because remember, this is exactly the same season he was saying to them, don't be afraid. Chill out. Take heart. If you have put treasure wherever your heart is, that's where your treasure is. If you have put treasure with God, you're okay. And they were with Jesus. But they were still afraid. Some of us are still even walking with Jesus. But we have not been able to let go of our fears. In the seasons that we're walking, we don't have space to be afraid. That's not your portion. If you're afraid, that's not your portion. You can say to your fear, at the moment he jumps out at you, I mean, I'm not going to get well from this. This is not going to happen well. See, that relationship is not going to happen. You see, I wanted to buy this. I wanted to do that. See, that career, that class, that this, then that. And, and all of a sudden, you read the news and then you have another list. See, your portion is not that list. Your portion is Jesus. That Jesus, even though you might be in a boat, that you think you know because Peter thought he knew boats. Remember, he was the owner of a company that would fish. He was a fisherman. So that was his office. So he was acquainted with the situation and environment. But still, sometimes, even though we are acquainted with the situations and environment, we might not feel suited. But Jesus said, even though I am with you, I don't have to be in the boat to be completely with you. And I'll prove it to you. Do you want it? 
Thank you for asking. There you go. Jesus says immediately, immediately, he said, you know, he said to them, take courage. I don't know what's going on with you, but take courage. Jesus is saying to you today, hey, I know what is going on to you, but you got to take courage. You see, the presence of God visits a place that welcomes his miracle. The presence of God comes into a place that welcomes his miracle. God, we don't have enough to fill them just before that. He said, what you got? Well, there's a kid, you know. There's always a kid. There's a kid that has some loaves and some fish, you know what I mean? And he blessed them. And it was not for. It was not for him. It was for them. He said he knew what he was going to do. See, this is why we need to read the Bible in the context that is written. Jesus, in this moment, is saying, hey, I'm not only introducing grace. I'm giving you the principles of my presence that are forever. I'm not giving you religion. I don't want you to just be turning on candles for the sake of little lighters and fire. I want you to know that when you don't know where there's your candle and where's your lighter, I am with you in the storm. Try to light up a candle in a storm. And tell me if you can worship like that. You see, the time is coming that religion is going to be shown to be dead. But there's a God that stands strong in the midst of the winds. That walks in the midst of our winds. And shows himself so present. And so understanding of our need. That there's no need to be self-sufficient. Because we don't have to be afraid. He said, don't, don't be afraid. He even says, take courage. There's a difference from not being afraid to taking courage. And Jesus is trying to get us into that perspective. He's saying, you don't have to be afraid in one. But he goes even deeper. He says, take courage. And the streets, our families, our friends, the situations that we're involved, the situations that God is allowing you to be involved, look at them from the perspective of Jesus and say, hey, take courage. If you have a friend, you have a neighbor, you have someone, take courage. You grab that by the tail, whip it against the wall and say, I know a man that promised me something and this is my God. And his name is Jesus. And if he has done it for me, and you can remember yourself if you need to, all your fish and your loaves. And you also can say to your neighbor, and even if I cannot say anything convincing, take courage. Because this is not a fight of the mind. Religion fights with arguments. But Jesus brought grace. That overcomes arguments. And by grace, we're able to believe. And I'll give you something that belief gives is peace. And peace beyond all understanding. Do you follow? But Jesus is not stopping there. He's going through his context. So we can say Jesus understands when life gets complicated. Cussing, being beheaded. And people didn't understand who he was. People, grief, situations. 
Very, very 2022. He not only feeds people in the midst of he didn't have himself a roof. He feeds others while they couldn't believe that he could be him. That's third. And fourth, he sends his disciples on a boat to be able to understand that when life cannot be controlled by your own means, he's still in control. In the world that we're in today, in the gospel that we are so founded in, we have the pleasure of saying and seeing that we don't have to be in control. Everything says, if you do this, you will get that. 3,000 Holy Marys, you will feel clean. If you go every day to the mosque and bow down, you feel that you're doing all the law requires from you, and you'll be accepted. But Jesus says, mate, there's some waves, and I know. Jesus is defeating the law of men and arguments for the sake of us understanding the love of a father that is not shaken by our same storms, but is preoccupied and concerned from us understanding his heart so he gets near. That's the Jesus, and that's the context. Now we go to Peter. Now it gets really good. Now we got to you and me, because you got a Peter face right now. Can I say that? You got a Peter face? You can text that. I, I have a Peter face today. <laughs> you might have to this week say, I have a Peter face. May, can someone pray for me? Because Peter sees Jesus in the midst of this, all of this. He didn't understand half of the things that happened. All of a sudden, he knows he's full of fish and ships, and he doesn't understand how that happened either. He has a boat full of leftovers. And he knows that his master, his rabbi, his pastor stayed behind. And all of a sudden, you know, pam, 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 pam. Jesus comes in, you know, and walking in the water. So, pam, 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 pam. And they say, like, whoa! I'm trying to just keep you awake, you know? Just, yeah. All of a sudden, Jesus comes in through the waters. And what we thought we had to control, we couldn't control. And the, what, the office place and, you know, the experiences that we have are not helping us because the world that we're in is not helping. And Jesus is still valid. <laughs> Jesus is still in control. Jesus is still the boss in the midst of the storms of the world. You know, people are trying to figure out what they're doing with their finances and what they put their stocks and actually if we go to war or not and if we're going to get some petrol and why the sandwich is more expensive in that place than the other and why the cornflakes actually got two pounds more expensive this week people are people but as you say to yourself people are people i gotta say to you god is god and god is calling us to have hearts that float and peter finds himself in the midst of a situation and he's treasuring something he has not gathered for self. He gave his boat away. And this is when it started getting good. You might be taking notes, you know what I mean? See, he left his office. He left his business for Jesus. He left what he could control, what he was good at. What he was known, he had employees. He was an entrepreneur. He had his own business. And the COVID hit. No, Jesus hit, actually. So he had everything under control, and Jesus shows up. And that's our faith. 
When we want to control everything, God shows up and he says, I can do better. Everything you have done is great, but I can upgrade you from natural to supernatural. And Peter is there. And he's having a perspective of faith because he remembers, I gave my boat, I gave my company, I gave my potential, I gave everything I have for this man. He stayed, but he's walking on water. But I have faith. He's proven himself to be reliable. And that's the gospel. And that's what our choices have to look like in the streets. But still, we have to meet our today with faith. And Peter faces the storm with faith. Because when he sees Peter, although he might be crying, ah, afraid, he says, is it you? Call me to walk out. See, the rest were clapping, you know. Jesus, I surrender. I might drown, but see you home. And Peter said, no, no, I want to walk. See, I see you walking. You call me to be a disciple. A disciple, the whole meaning of a disciple means to be like. And he said, you want me to be the disciple? You want me to be? I want to walk like you walk. See, I know who I am. I'm the one that knows the waves and the boats. But this is all out of whack. I want to do what you're doing because you called me not to do what I was doing. You called me to be fishers of men. So that means I can access another thing. You called me to be a disciple. I can walk in the waters like you. I can follow you. Call me out. See, this is what we are needing in our faith to be called out. We are needing to have the faith of Peter, to have that faith, that perspective of faith that says, I can follow. Call me out. Call me If you call me out. If you ask this from me, Lord, I will give it to you. Lord, ask me if you will bless me and you will extend my land. Father, would you? And sometimes we want to have religion because we want to feel good about our week. But then maybe we don't have hearts that can sustain the waves of the day. But God is calling us to have hearts that can float. Hearts like Peter that can say, hey, with faith, I want to see better. I want to follow you. I can see you. And today's perspective is not only about seeing with faith. It's what follows. And I, if you ask me, is the, the whole purpose. And probably why Peter had this thought. He had a perspective of trust. He had a perspective of trust and treasure. Follow me in this. Can I go a little bit deeper? Two seconds, yeah? Seven seconds. I'll try. Yeah, I'm done. It's already blinking, yeah? <laughs> Peter had a perspective of trust and faith. And we can see what he would treasure. He knew the boat. But he treasured intimacy. He knew what to do in the midst of a storm. But he treasured being near to Jesus. We know universal credit. But we trust that even though God provides, what do I do with my universal credit? Is it getting too near? Can I get nearer? You see, that relationship that you really feel makes you look good on a Friday, but on a Sunday you don't want to bring it to church. That might be your boat. 
And that might be in the middle of a storm. And Peter said, I want to treasure differently. I'd rather not be safe in what I know and be exposed but near you. A lot of people say, wow, the disciples had the faith to stay in the boat. Scratch that. I want to know who's crazy enough when it gets really bad to walk on something that shouldn't be walkable. You see, if you start clapping in the corner and it's solid underneath your feet, I don't think you want a lot. It was a good kumbaya moment. But if you start walking on waters because you had the faith to believe him, that he's God and he can do more than you think and imagine, then I know that you cherish something else. Tell me where's your treasure and I will tell you where your heart will be. Peter had a different treasure. His heart could float. He could walk on waters like the Bible says because he was treasuring intimacy, nearness, The word of God comes today, if you don't get anything else, is that God is asking you to treasure the moments that you have with him. He's not looking at your week. He's not looking at your month. He's not looking at your year. He's looking at what he purposed for you. You're looking at your immediate situation. God is looking for your generations. See, your immediate sensation is my now, but God doesn't live in your little now. He lives on the purpose that he gave you. So your faith has to look for intimacy in such a way that it pertains, it allows that glory to come into the room, into the situation, into the relationship, into your finances, into your job areas. That's the glory that keeps a heart floating. God has called you to have a heart that floats. God called Peter to be an example of someone that was not perfect by far. He was big mouth, and he didn't have all of, of the ducks walking in the right direction. But at the same time, he had a heart that was actually trusting God. He was able to walk, walk on the unknown for the sake of being near. And there's no time ever in history like today to say, I might not understand everything. There's so many narratives. There's so much noise. I don't know who's right and who's wrong. But I do know who's the righteousness. And in me, the righteousness of God can walk through the streets of this town and this city through you and bring that hope, that stability in the midst of the waves because you're near. And when you're near, you can actually manifest the nearness of God through others And that's the call of God for us, for you, for me. As we close, Peter, he was intimate and he was near. I don't know how you, how you walk into your day, but I want to challenge you to make God your priority. Not the upgrade, not the update, not what you're doing, not what your friend texted you, somewhere around the globe that is actually either earlier or further into the day. Are you holding on to the boat or are you looking for intimacy and nearness to God? Hearts that float are near to God. Hearts that sustain the waves of this season 
are going to be the hearts that are near to God. It says that he started looking at the waves, the winds, sorry. It says in verse 30, it says, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And we see Jesus that he has been spending the weekend with the lads, you know, and with the whole town saying, do not be afraid about this and take courage about that. But then he looked at the surroundings and not the intimacy. And maybe God is calling us in each of our lives, our relationship with God to be more intimate and stop looking at the wind. I don't know what you call wind. Maybe last week we call it tear, but God is on a roll with us. What is it that is depleting your seed? That's what we talked last week. Tear will take the nutrients of the wheat in the, in the, in the, in the, in the soil. But this week, this week, actually, God is saying, hey, what is the wind? What is the wind in your life? What is it that you're paying attention that you should not be paying attention? Because I want to do something there. I'm not an abstract God, an absent God. I'm with you. You might not see me. You might be terrified. You might look at the storm and you think I'm part of the past. Maybe you have walked away. Maybe you don't feel completely safe right now because you say, but Lord, I know I have not been walking right. But the Lord is saying, I'm not a ghost of your yesterday. I am your present. I'm the light of your feet. I can stand with you in the middle of your storm. I can call you out and I can walk back in with you. So today, hearts that float are hearts that are intimate and near. Hearts that allow God to show us how little our winds are compared to the promise. If you have been looking and paying attention to the winds like Peter, like me, maybe like your neighbor, maybe not you, don't worry about it, but maybe your neighbor, you can say, don't look at the wind, just touch your neighbor and say, don't look at the winds this week. Maybe that's not been you. But God is saying, if you feel tempted now to look at the winds, if you even have been intimate with me, but now you're looking at the complications, I have a better, better portion for you. I am the Jesus that can walk through the storm. I am the, the Jesus that is ready for you. I'm the one that is near. I'm the one I call you to be in the boat. So if this week you have been a bit and if this week that is coming out you get a little bit Jesus says I am with you. The Lord is in this place. And I know he's calling us to have intimacy with his, his heart, with his person. Not seeing a thousand podcasts or listening to worship music. Being in silence maybe, but with Jesus. God is calling us to be a church, a generation, a community of people that fills the streets with the knowledge that saturates our life. And that is that even if I am about to die, I know 
he walks with me. See, we don't have to be afraid. For us to die is game. We go and see with the boss, you know, and what's going on. And that peace comes by being near. If you're not near to God, this is the day. He wants you to walk in that storm with him. He doesn't want you to focus on the winds. You can walk in your streets in the midst of situations with that peace. Only if you take that decision. That might be you. Maybe you have been walking and you're a bit tired of the waves. Maybe you're a bit tired of the winds. Maybe you say, until when? I know what you did in the shore. I've been following you. But until when? Maybe you're tired. That might be you. There's a portion for you. And maybe today, you realize that your heart is not floating. It is sinking. And you got to say, Jesus, I need to learn how to trust in you. Your portion today is to come out of this place with that knowledge that you can trust in a way that your heart will float, will not have to go underwater with all the situations. The storm is never going to be bigger than your God. So if this, if this is you, I want you to stand up there where you are if you feel comfortable. I know there's a lot to digest. But I think God has spoken very clear. Take courage. I walk with you. Get near. Where is your treasure? Do you treasure to be near me? Or do you treasure to be safe in the boat? Do you treasure what you can gather for self? Or you treasure how to become rich with me? And that's intimacy. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord. Father, for every person in this room that says, I want to become more intimate, Lord. Father, I didn't know I was gathering riches, Lord. And I want to take all my riches to you, Father. All of us have gathered riches, Lord, since the day we were born. Father, is there anything in us, Lord, that has been, has been gathered, Father, in barns that, Father, will pass away? Father, we believe that you're so good, Lord, that you only not only forgive us, Lord, but you would again correct us so we can gather in the right place. We, we want to gather. We are going to gather. We're a group of people that gathers, Lord, for the sake of others in your presence, Lord. Father, there are winds, Father. And maybe some of us, Father, are in that place of being tired, Lord. Father, but we want to have that longing for intimacy. Father, we want to just really debit from that treasure that we have actually even built already with you, Lord. And say, call me out. I want to be used by you in the streets. In the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the winds, Father. I want to be used. Call me out. Father, some of us have been looking around to the winds, Lord. But there's so much grace. You came to establish grace as the main currency. Father, there's nothing that your grace cannot overcome, Father. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, for the ones that have been looking at the winds, the Spirit of God, Lord, you're refreshing, Lord. 
your power, your freedom, Lord, in each one. In the name of Jesus, for the ones that don't know, they can they can be held up by a God that takes care of them. If you have not taken a decision for Jesus in your heart, there where you are, you don't have to make anything crazy. You don't have to do anything crazy. But if in your heart you believe that Jesus is the Lord, today a new life starts. The storm will blow. The circumstances will pertain. But there's a grace that overcomes all things. And you can access that only through Jesus. So Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, for someone or anyone that doesn't know you in this place, Father, we ask for a spirit of faith to surround their mind, their hearts, Father. Jesus, 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 Jesus. of Jesus and you can repeat after me maybe if you feel insecure you can repeat after me maybe maybe as a family as a church we can repeat this together for the sake of someone that might be saying this today everyone bow down eyes closed let's give them privacy to privacy to the to the family father in the name of Jesus I give you my life I recognize you as the Lord Almighty, as my God. Forgive me from my sins. And I receive you in my life as my Lord and Savior. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you pray that for the first time, don't get out of this place without saying it to someone. Without opening your heart, we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions or would like to share how God is speaking to you through this message, let us know on any of our social media platforms. Make sure to visit our website, hopeandanger.org, for more information on who we are as a church and to find out how you can be part of the Hope and Anchor family. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next time.